we took this word and listened. And I did that and my eyes were open. And when I saw the truth that our salvation was eternally secure, it opened the floodgates of God's grace. That I saw it. It's about Jesus, not my word. In other words, I'm the. It's not Jesus starts it and I complete it. Yeah. It's Jesus from start to finish. He that began a good work in us will be faithful to complete mm -hmm. it. Whereas mm -hmm. tradition, we basically were teach. We were basically taught, and we end up conveying it to others was that he who began a good work expects us to complete it. Mm. That's how we got. That's how we got off the path into works and performance. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. What's up, everybody? Glad that you could be with us today. I am so excited. We've got my friend who actually I'm meeting for the very first time. I, I really enjoy, I told him in the pre-show, I really enjoy his writing on Facebook and on his blog, and you can check out his blog. In case I forget to mention this in the end, you can check his blog out, allthetimegod.com, just like it sounds, allthetimegod.com. John describes himself as just a simple guy, a believer in Christ so impacted by the love and the grace of God that he wants to tell the whole world how good God is. And that's what we're going to get into today. Amen. And uh, we talked about this in the pre-show, but we're, John and I, we're cut from the same cloth. We both come out of the word of faith and uh, in word of faith, some of our word of faith brethren have some problems with the gospel of grace. And we'll get into that a little bit later and we'll address some of these concerns that our brothers have. But first, welcome, John. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really kind of cool to see you because we're cut from the same cloth. And yeah. the funny thing I told you a long time, I told you we were discussing this, uh, having this podcast was that when I, uh, about 1999, I got a book from Rama, and you're in that book. <laughs> that was so awesome. I was like, this small world, it's all full circle. You know, you know, the ministries that impact you, it's like God makes a way, puts yeah. us together. That's so awesome. I think that's so great. Cool. So cool. It is. It Man. is cool. It really yeah. is. God does. God's cool. God, let's be honest. Yes, he is. And you live in Dallas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fort Worth is the Metroplex. Fort DFW. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully I can get that way and break some bread with you. Hey, that'd be great. That'd be great. You got to yeah, come yeah. visit the church. You got to come visit Joseph Prince's only church plant in America. It's an amazing church. I love going there. I love serving there. Actually, I I've been there. It. I, it's a great. I didn't know that you attended there. I, I went yeah. there. I don't know if uh, you were there when I went. It was a few years ago because my daughter used to attend there. She lives in Tulsa now, but when she was yeah. in Dallas, she attended there and I went and guess what happened, man? I saw somebody ushering who used to attend our church. Isn't that amazing? Blew me away, man. Wow. God is good. <laughs> small world, small world. Yeah, he is. He is good. And actually we have a, a member in our church whose son 
at least at that time, was over the small groups. Oh, wow. Wow. And I can't recall his name right now. And actually, I had him when he came to visit his parents to his, his dad went on to be with the Lord since. But he came in to share in Indianapolis with our um, our small groups or I believe our leaders. And uh, yeah, that, that was really cool. That is awesome. Small world, small yeah, world. It is. That's well, awesome. tell us how you came into uh, the gospel of grace. Well, that's a great testimony. You think that most people that have come into authentic, genuine grace have sort of the same story. You know, we were all striving, you know, striving to arrive, achieving to receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're not in the charismatic circles, word of faith circles, you know, in the, in the churches that don't, don't, you know, I, I mean, God bless it. But anyway, you know, they don't believe in the things for God, you know, like the yeah. moving of God for today. But but the principle still the same. They're like, you know, they're having to witness a lot. They're, you know, did I witness enough? Did I pass out enough tracts? Mm. Did I read enough Bible? Though, you know, where it gets to a relationship, it's no longer a relationship. It's an employment. It's a business contract. It's God is the harsh taskmaster. And he really is not pleased with you if you didn't do enough today. Or, you know, if you failed, how much did you fail today? And we were very self-conscious instead of Christ conscience. And that that's something we all dealt with. Well, being in word of being, having transitioned from uh, raised like semi-God, Pentecostal, uh, and then charismatic, you know, when I went over military, went overseas, you know, experienced charismatic ministry. And uh, God, it really, really, really changed my life was uh, listening to John Osteen, Charles Capps, especially Fred and Fred Price, and especially Kenneth Hagin. And mm. I, to this day, still honor. See, that's the difference. I believe that God, I believe what God restored to the body of Christ. I don't believe that, that we throw everything away. Right. I believe that all these moves of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in 1906, the healing revival, the charismatic renewal, the word of faith uh, renewal movement, mm-hmm. the grace of God, the gospel of grace. I believe every single one of those moves of God complement one another. They're mm-hmm. just revealing how good our father is yeah. and how great the gospel is. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't throw anything away. I just like, Oh, this is good stuff. And yes, I got a whole, you know, when the, in the word of faith, um, a lot of the, we got off in the corresponding actions part of it. We got off in this, did, we're, we're the ones actually causing it to come to pass. Mm. We were the, our need meters. Did, did we do enough? Mm-hmm. Did we, uh, pray, did we confess it enough? Did we pray it in enough? Did we give enough? Not realizing that we needed to rest in Jesus. Well, I got a hold of Joseph Prince's material. God made that come into my life. And it was so funny because being raised Pentecostal, charismatic, word of faith, the word of faith, a lot of, uh, mostly not all of them, but in general, their theology is sort of a, basically a, a Pentecostal type theology as far as, uh, like holiness and sanctification and, and, and the way they uh, looked at salvation. And man, to hear that somebody couldn't lose their salvation, that was like blasphemy to me. And God, <laughs> God, God got me, let me hear Joseph Prince. And it just, there's something about it. And I read Destined, I read, I read most of Destined to Rain, and it just really opened my eyes to this good God. And I got to say this, the, 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 the one line that I still, it was burned in my heart by the Holy Spirit from that book, Destined Rain by Joseph Prince was, God blesses us because he is good, not because we are good. Yeah. That's like the essence of the gospel. Well, God, you know, I started, so I started partnering with Joseph Prince. Well, then this is the fun part. 
funny, funny part. So is a part has to, it, God had to give me a part too, because I was so stubborn in my traditions. And I listened to Joseph Prince and he mentioned that he had a sermon on faith. Cause you know, people don't realize that Joseph Prince is still considered himself a faith preacher. He just yeah. preaches the gospel of grace. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. He uh, had a sermon on faith-filled words, and in the middle, of the, in the beginning of the sermon, he proclaimed the truth of the gospel that our salvation is eternally secure. And I just went ballistic. How can you preach, preach this stuff? And I, I never rejected the CD. I'll never listen to uh, Joseph Prince again. I mean, this is heresy. Well, about a year, and you know, some things transpired. The Lord is like, okay, let me just work on his head a little bit, you know, with truth, and. Uh, I got a hold of a sermon from Joseph Prince where he taught on this very subject. He took two sermons to address eternal security. And you know what happened is when you, just like we did in the Word of Faith, like we threw away the traditions, we threw away everything we heard before and just took the Word of God for what it said, you know, we took this Word and listened. And I did that and my eyes were open. And when I saw the truth that our salvation was eternally secure. It opened the floodgates of God's grace that I saw it. It's about That's Jesus, true. not my work. In other words, I'm the, it's not Jesus starts it and I complete it. Yeah. It's Jesus from start to finish. He that began a good work in us will be faithful to complete mm -hmm. it. Whereas mm -hmm. tradition, we basically were teaching, we were basically taught and we end up conveying it to others was that he who began a good work, expects us to complete it mm. that's how we got that's how we got off the path into works and performance yeah on the cross jesus said he didn't say it it has started he said it's finished. yeah he didn't say to be continued he said it's <laughs> right. finished it's, it's exactly finished. right man Amen. That, that is that is so good stuff um yeah that's something that people this this whole eternal security thing some people struggle with, but I mean, I, w once I got the revelation after coming right. into grace, um, it, it, it just, I mean, it made so much sense because I thought about my kids, like absolutely, we, Carla and I have five kids Right now they can mess up. They can, they can say, I disown you. Now my kids would never do this. Right. But if they said, I, we disown you, they're still a Jennings. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was, that's the revelation the Lord showed me that our DNA is Christ. That's it. So you can't, you can, you Simple. can walk away all you want, but your DNA doesn't change. Your DNA is now a new creation in Christ. And anytime someone actually walks away, that's a Christian. Let's be honest. Where are they walking away from? Their yeah. head, not their spirit, man. Yeah, because they've good. suffered some tragic situation, some mm -hmm. traumatic situation, something that doesn't make sense in their life. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, through traditional religion and the enemy, they blame God. Yeah. And that's why, you know, and, and so in essence, they really haven't walked away from Jesus because God and God can't right. walk away from God's in right. him. God's in us. God and God cannot walk away from each other. Oh, that's good. And that that's a good point. Great point you made about separating the spirit from the soul. Because in their spirit, you, you, right. you were reborn. You Absolutely. became a new creation. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube, bro. <laughs> no, no, it's what's it's, it's it. It's it. You're born. You, you are like that's such a great revelation. Once you're a Jennings, that's what the Lord showed me. The, the Lord actually showed me that mm. that revelation. So, see, so that's the Lord speaking to people. That's 
He's speaking to more than one person. That is the truth. When you yeah. see the Lord speaking the same things to many people, you know what's going on. Like there's something God's confirming from the word. And it's funny, you know, because we, we cut from the same cloth and I listened to, uh, and I still listen, you know, I just filter uh, everything I hear from the new covenant. Does that make right. sense? So I still listen to Charles Capps and Kenneth Hagin and Fred Price. If you look at behind me, my whole wall right here is nothing but uh, Charles Capps, Fred Price, Man, uh, I cut my H teeth on Fred Price. Oh, still, I love Fred Price. You just don't know how much I love that brother. And yeah. I mean, I love his teaching style. I just love that style. I'm like, yes, I could just, I just love it. Well, it's like you, 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 you learn this stuff. And I'm listening to like Charles Capps teach on authority, uh, and I'm like, I don't understand how you guys get this revelation of what Christ did for us on the cross, you know, and. <laughs> It's like, uh, and yet at the same time, you can still conclude that a believer can walk away from their faith or, you know, can lose their salvation. I'm like, mm -hmm. if his work was so powerful that he died, he descended into hell, defeated the devil, he did all the stuff for us. I think he could make our salvation pretty secure. Yeah. 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 It's because you, you touched on it earlier because he's good. Yes. And you touched on this, like what it did for your life when you understood you are eternally secure. Absolutely. Can you go into that a little bit more about, about like how that freed you? Well, it, it it's something that, you know, because I always was looking at my own, uh, it, you just never were, un, you never were secure, meaning like, your identity, you know, you heard, I mean, it was so amazing because I heard E.W. Kenyon and I mean, mm -hmm. I read his stuff and uh, two kinds of righteousness, two kinds of life. And then we would hear this stuff, the, uh, the in him scriptures from Kenneth Hagin. And, and these are some great truths. And I, and actually I would hear non word of faith, Christians, spirit filled, if you will. And they would reiterate some of these things because it's the truth that, you know, you can't help but see it in the word of God in like Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Um, and so this identity was there, but it just was something about righteousness and righteousness was like, yes, I'm, I'm in right standing with God, but that righteousness could be affected. Not so much your right standing, but you, that you, you sense like, okay, righteousness is what God did, but he expects me to do something like holiness is what I've heard it said. Righteousness is what he did. Holiness is what we do. So then it's like, the focus was not on Christ, but on what I'm doing. Am yeah. I doing enough? Yeah. Am I, am I, have I ceased from sin enough? And, and it's like, God, this is, I mean, this is amazing, but it's like sin is like the ultimate kryptonite to God, according to some ministers. It's like, <laughs> oh, sin, I got to run away. I can't, oh, it's like a vampire. Oh, I can't see it. And it's like, God knew before he even called me, uh, you know, drew me by his spirit to, to him, to himself. He knew everything I was ever going to do. Mm -hmm. He knew every time I'd screw up, every time I'd get in the flesh, every time I'd act selfish, and he still called me. Yeah. He still wanted me. Yeah. He still chose me. And yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. But when it comes, it's just knowing that you're eternally secure, it does something in your heart because you know God and you are inseparable. And right. the thing is, so I've had debates with some of my friends in the past. And this is what I've learned. We like to argue in the abstract. We like to, these theories are, what if Christian does such and such? Those are arguments made in the abstract. But when I say, right. what about Al? 
what is Al doing? Can yeah. Al walk away? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now it's, a, it's no longer, it's no longer out there. And it's, it's right now, right in front of me. Tell me about Al's life. You know, when they have actual questions and you start, oh yeah. Uh, and then it's, it starts getting, becoming more real. It's a real, it starts becoming real to them. Like this is an actual person. Has this actual person walked away from God and they lost their salvation? And if right. that, who are, who if, are these people? Mean? Like, yeah, right. Who, who are these people? Bring them, bring them to me. Like all these, what ifs, like what if, what if, right. like, like who's trying to lose their salvation? Bring these people to me. <laughs> right. Right. And if even, and I, the thing is, it's like, I know some, maybe there's some people who have, uh, but everyone that's allegedly quote unquote walked away from their faith, They've all, every single one of them, without fail, they have the same story. What are they? I, I tell you a great testimony, great, real, real brief testimony. A, a person new in this church I was going to up in Kentucky, uh, a word of faith. They got a little extreme in the prosperity stuff, but, uh, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. pressure. And the person just kind of like, I'm done. Walked away from God. He even told me the story. He said that he told God, protect my kids and family, but I want nothing, you know, my kids, but I want nothing to do with you. And like a year and a half later or something, he said he was working. He worked at a bar as a bartender at a, at a restaurant. And he said he went to the little, you know, the little far, the hideaway booth that the servers and stuff put their jackets on and everything. He went to sit down. He went outside and had a cigarette break. Comes back. Somebody left him an anonymous note. God can handle your anger. Wow. And guess what? He, he walked back. He, he, he just like that broke, you know, like that did something flooded his heart with the love of God again. So this brother walked away from God temporarily, but God never walked away from him. Mm. And that's a powerful mm -hmm. revelation. And it's, oh, yeah. it's about re because the reality of it is there is relationship and identity and those things are irrevocable. Yeah. 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 Because no, that's cool. That's so good, man. That's so good. Let me, let me jump in. You, you said a, a bunch of stuff, man. There's so much I want to yeah. ask you and talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there's so much in what you said, but I cut my teeth on, you mentioned E.W. Kenyon, the right. book, two kinds of righteousness. Absolutely. I mean, I learned righteousness from Kenneth Copeland. Right. Right. Way before, like this is right way before I discovered grace, but this was surely after I gave my life to the Lord and then I got into word of faith, started listening right. to Fred Price and Fred Price led me into Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, E.W. Right. Kenyon. So um, Kenneth Copeland said that talked about righteousness and that it's a position right? that you'll never get any more righteous than you are right now. Mm -hmm. you, you don't, you don't grow in righteousness. And Absolutely. man, that was such a revelation to me. It was, wasn't it? Right, right. And so fast forward, and the thing that was missing when I got a hold of grace, now I, under, I understood righteousness to a point. Like if you put it on a percentage, it may be like 75%. But grace Absolutely. completed it for me because in Word of Faith, uh, I was taught. Now, I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know about other people, but I was taught, okay, you will never lose your righteousness or no, no, you will never lose your relationship. But when you sin, your fellowship gets broken. Yeah. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. You have a relationship, but, and your righteousness isn't affected. Right. But 
you you short circuit. This this is what they use short circuit, and I taught it myself. So I'm not pointing right, right. fingers. I I taught it. I just repeated what I heard. Sounded right. good to me at the time. That when you sin, you don't you don't lose your righteousness. That's what I meant to say. You don't lose your righteousness, but your fellowship is broken. Yes, you, I've you heard short, that a lot. You short circuit your righteousness. Right. Uh, and see, that, said, that puts uh, you in a trick bag, right? Right, it does. And then that brings because you, then they, then they point you to 1 John 1, 9, and that's a whole other right. topic. <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. That, that you got to confess in order to be forgiven. But, man, when I discovered, man, and I, the bondage I was in, 1 John 1, 9, man, we hobby horse that scripture. And, there's this, and we were taught in word of faith that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. But, but people I know what you're base, going, yes, there's only one, that's only yeah, there's one, only scripture. one scripture about asking God to forgive you right. when you do something. And Paul, it's interesting that Paul never mentioned it. And He's responsible for over half of the New Testament, and he never told right. anybody one time to confess in order to be forgiven. Should we be sorry about our our sins and when we sin? Of course. Yes. But when I found out that Jesus finished the work on the cross, oh, my goodness, that all my sins, here it is, past, present, and future were forgiven? Wow. Right. Wow. Dude, I used to be in a restaurant and there were times I couldn't even enjoy my fellowship with whoever I, I'm meeting with because I get a bad thought because mm. it wasn't just the physical things. I took it literally. I took it. I took my relationship with God and still do seriously. Right. And if I have to confess to be forgiven, I couldn't even enjoy my dinner. If I had a bad thought, I would run to, bruh, I would run to the bathroom. I would run. I would walk walk kind of fast and make sure look up under the stall, make sure nobody's in there. And I would confess that sin to God and go back to eating. And if I didn't do it in the restaurant, I would, it would bother me. Cause based on what we're taught, man, my, my fellowship is broken. Right. And I want to get that right. right. I don't ever want to be out of fellowship with God. So right. I would get home. It would bother me till, until I got home. And I would make sure my wife wasn't there, uh, wasn't in the room. I'd go in the bathroom, shut the door, and and confess that sin. And then I'd feel better. Because I believed, wow. based on what I've been taught, that every time you sin, you ask God to forgive you. But when right. I discovered that all my sins, one sacrifice for sins forever. Hebrews 10, 14 talks about one sacrifice good for all time. Right. That all my sins. Somebody oh. said, well, you know, where does it say that your, that, that, that your future sins are forgiven? Well, where does it say your past sins have been forgiven? <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't. It, it just says um, sins forever. And, and that includes past, present, and future. And Absolutely. Man, I'm going to let you talk, man, because I, I don't want to uh, dominate this conversation. But I just want to say, man, it just, 
you, you stirring me up, man. Cause that set me free, bro. Cause then I realized, man, all my sins have been forgiven past, present and future. And, and, and to some people that that's going to give people a license to sin, that, that you're going to go out and just set world records in sin. I shared this Sunday that, um, when the golden gate bridge was built, many people lost their lives. Right. There, there were people jumping off and morale was low because people were uh, not jumping off, but, but people were falling off and they, and right, they, right. And they, they died. So what they did was they put a safety net down there. And guess what happened? Now morale was low, but they put that safety net down there. You think people start, okay, man, a safety net down there. I'm going to, I'm going to jump off the bridge. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. They're not, they, they didn't do that. But morale increase, and they're not trying to fall, but they know if they did, they'd get caught. Right. right? And I've seen that story, that study, and they the productivity increased. Increase. That's what happens. Because they were safe. They right? felt safe. They felt yes. safe. Exactly. 100 exactly. percent And that's what Absolutely. happens when we understand that all our sins have been forgiven. We're not gonna want to go out and sin. No. We, we're going to live our lives being led by the spirit and being free. We not even thinking about sin. Why, why are people, what about sin? Why are you thinking about sin? Exactly. I mean, well, why are you, why are you even thinking about it? That's not even on my mind. We should be thinking about Jesus, right? Right. And we all well, sin. It, and if we fall, exactly. we fall into the net. I mean, we're, we're safe, so we're more productive because we're not worried about sin. We know that when we do sin, praise God, all those sins have been forgiven already, and we're just going about our business. Absolutely. When we yeah. fall, we fall into grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember he said, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our yes. lives. If we fall right. backwards, we'll fall backwards into goodness and mercy. Right. We fall into the net. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when it comes to like first John one nine and this and the well, first John, the whole that's where you get the the the, the only the only place in the in the new covenant that people come up with this concept that we can we break fellowship with God when we blow it, we miss it, we sin. That's where it comes from. And it's a misunderstanding of that uh in context because now we mentioned like I love what Fred Price said about first John one nine. Now, of course, at the time, this is this is how we're saying we're not bashing anybody you got to right. trust understand that the holy spirit was with is moving into the body of christ 20 years ago i did not see any of this stuff and i was a student of the word mm -hmm. i studied this word i listened to i mean i ate drank Me sleep this word i i listened to i guess you know how much money i've spent on cds and 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 cassette tapes i was a tapeworm i listened to i've worn out tapes from <laughs> yeah. charles capps fred price Kenneth Hagen. And I mean, and I just day and night, I've heard, I think I've probably heard some of these tapes probably a hundred times. They're so, and, but I didn't see this stuff. Well, I had, I, I, I saw all that to say, I remember Fred Price teaching about first John one nine and he felt it was for the new New Testament believer. But again, that's the light they had. However, he made a good point that the reason why he didn't believe it was for the unbeliever was because there's no way an unbeliever can confess every single sin they ever committed. So that's something I had to look at when I heard from Joseph Prince, this awesome revelation that first John one nine is to the unbeliever, not to the believer. Right. Yes. But what he was, but what people need to understand is like what Fred Price was, he was bringing out a truth 
that needs to be addressed. When 1 John 1, 9 is talking to the unbeliever, he was talking to a specific unbeliever, mm-hmm. the Gnostics. Gnostics, yeah. Uh, he was not talking about every uh, an unbeliever needs to come to God and say, I forgive me for the adultery, forgive me for the hatred, the racism, the bigotry, the prejudice, the cheating on my taxes, the lying, the... I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about that. He's acknowledging what? Acknowledging, confessing that what? I'm a sinner. Yes. I need Jesus. I've lost it. I've blown it. I I am separated from God based on my, you know, the 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 that's good. The, the separation from the you know the uh, fallen nature in me, the sin nature, if you will, and mm-hmm. the sins that I committed throughout because of that, as a result of that, and that's what he's really talking about. But when you go back the previous verses and you look at where it says the fellowship it's i it, it didn't seem i i saw that uh the, the teaching on you know you break fellowship i heard it but for me this is how i saw it when i blew it this is where my biggest concern was i literally believed in this concept i wouldn't if you get me a a pop quiz or, a, you know, a true false, I would say that I'm righteous even when I sin. I would have passed that test, right? But what did I believe subconsciously, inwardly, in my mind, in my thinking? I literally believed that because I sinned, I was going to have a bad day at work. I was going to have a bad time. I wasn't going to get some prayers answered, specific right. prayers, especially in the financial arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always felt like, without realizing I was saying it, what I was actually believing was, and I had an expectation mm-hmm. of judgment. I had an expectation of judgment and not an expectation yeah. of God's goodness. Mm. Me too. And yeah. this punishment concept is where I was at. So this breaking of fellowship, and let's be honest, let's be, I think where people really, where people are really living at, you really believe in God is punishing you when you blow it. Right. And God has got his arms folded in disappointment in you mm-hmm. because you blew it. And when, where do we see this most often? When we come to God in prayer, the petition type prayer, the prayer of faith, if you will. We don't have confidence that our prayer is getting heard and answered because we look at our life and we're yeah. disqualifying ourselves. And right. we feel like God is disqualifying us because we haven't kept this standard. And we heard it taught. I've heard it taught from our some of these great faith men. Like if you're if you sin, everything is stopped. It mm. stops. Sin stops the rain. Uh, all these things. And so, I had to do a real radical study of what righteousness actually means. We got it that righteousness means there's no condemnation when we fall. We got it that righteousness means we can stand before God without any sense of fear or inferiority. But when I did some further study after uh, upon hearing the gospel of grace, I started realizing that righteousness also means that gift where God's made us accepted and approved before the Father, apart from our works and performance. We're accepted and approved, not because of what we've done or haven't done or haven't done have done enough of or haven't or have stopped doing. It's we are accepted and approved. And the icing on the cake, cherry on top, is the fact. If you read what David said in Psalms, I believe it's like 33, 32. And then uh, Paul quotes it in Romans 4. Blessed is the man whom God imputes not iniquity. Yes. In context, that's righteousness. What is the true manifestation of righteousness? It's the non-imputation of sin. 
even if I sin tomorrow, that sin will never be charged to my account. Not guilty. And that seems like, yes, if you hear that, well, then I can sin all I want. Yeah, you can sin all you want. There's something about it. Now, this is radical. Now, hear me out. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you. No, don't throw the stones yet. <laughs> we are good. dangerously free. We yeah. are dangerously free. We have been given a freedom to make choices. What are we going to do with those choices? We're not robots. We have a real relationship with God. Our sin debt is completely paid in full. So when I sin, I know that's not charged to my account. I don't have a debit on my account. So what does that mean? I'm, there's, not, there's no barrier between me and the Father. Mm-hmm. So that's a very strong understanding of righteousness and grace, what it means to be completely forgiven. Well, with, that, with the knowledge of that, there comes what? Freedom. There comes uh, understanding of who we are in him and this great love he has for us. And there's condemnation ceasing and it helps us. What now it helps us run to God. Yes. And the more we're running to God and not of running from God, because we keep messing up or something, guess what? We can come to God and we start what finding grace to help in the time of need. Yeah. Let me let me just stop and, you right there. Okay, no, no, go go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. That's good. Go ahead. I want to hear it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you 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 were saying something that's really powerful because when you get rid of the condemnation, because see, here this is something that I talked about earlier that some of our word of faith friends yeah. object to when it comes to grace. They think that it gives people a license to sin. But once you take the condemnation away. Right. You, you're free to live free from sin. Absolutely. Right. Like when the woman was caught in adultery before people always want to jump to, he said, sin no more. But before he said that, he said, has no one condemned you? Right. And he said, she said, no one. He said, neither do I. And that gave her the power to live to free sin no from more. sin, to go and sin no more. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's like, but when it comes to sin, we have to really be honest of what are we, def- let's define sin. Yeah. That's what, you know, it sounds radical what I'm saying, but I'm not preaching that we should just live any way we want to, because guess what? If you will live any way you want to, there is natural consequences. You're going to find it's not a happy life. And that comes from the soul, right? Because yeah. your spirit, your nature doesn't want to sin. Right. And, and I'm not even talking about even your, your, the, 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 the guilt that tries to invade your mind because you blew it. I'm talking about just in general, in the consequences of the natural. If you're just not a very happy person, you know, uh, you know what I mean? If you just are a, a, just kind of a, 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 just let me say it. If you're just kind of a jerk to people. Guess mm-hmm. what? You're not going to have friends. You're not going to be, you're not going to get along well with people. Your life is going to be a little mm-hmm. more difficult. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. But let's, okay. what no, I'm saying good. is, how do we define sin? What are we really saying? When we, what are we, we're talking about in general. Again, let's go where people are actually living at. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? We're talking about the R rated. We're talking about, okay, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't have sex before marriage. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. 
<laughs> rated movie. That's really if whenever you talk about sin in the church, that's the main stuff we're talking about. But no one wants to talk about the uh, envy you hold towards somebody else for getting mm -hmm. promoted, or the 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 things you know what I mean, things like that. Those things that are hidden, they're not they're not manifest outwardly. Those mm -hmm. sins. What about that? Those are Jealousy. we don't talk about gossip or the running somebody down. Right. I mean, what do we say? I always say like, well, oh, my spirit was grieved the way that person was dressed. No. <laughs> you know, they, they, they spiritualize their yeah. jealousy, their envy, their gossip. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have a we have to have a prayer chain going. It's just a gossip chain. Right. I mean, but that's OK. That's OK. We can run people down. We could, we, you know, but we're not watching already movies. You see, that's where I'm trying to go with that. Like, what is sin? And and when you start seeing uh, how good God is. Here's the thing that God starts. This is where it starts. The rubber meets the road. When you're free from condemnation and you can come freely to God, God's going to start showing you, I have better for you. I have mm -hmm. so much better for you. I have so much better for you. If, if think about it, if you have to check out every weekend on, uh, so much that you have to pass out on alcohol just to feel better, well, God's got better for you. He's got the joy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm going. There's things that God's mm -hmm. got better for us. And that's the path. And here's the thing. We have a reactionary, when it comes to like eternal security, the, the, the oh, I don't like this. This is where it's coming from. It's a reactionary theology. In the Word of Faith, we saw the reactionary theology when it came to people who don't believe in healing. Well, we can't believe in healing because we prayed for Aunt Susie and she died, so healing must not be God's will. Well, that's a reactionary theology. That's not yeah. a theology based on the Word of God. And so the same thing right. when it comes to grace and, and eternal security. We are seeing a sin, a brother who got caught up in a sin or, or kind of walked away. So what? We've created, we have a reactionary theology, and we create a new theology where, well, grace is bad. Grace is licensed to sin. That's a reactionary theology. It's not based on what God actually said. It's not based on what Jesus actually did. It's not based on grace. It's not a the it's just a reactionary theology. And I'm going to say this straight up because I'm we come again, cut from the same cloth and I'm not trying to uh, attack anybody. But I, what I want to say is I have noticed that the children, the family members of these great men of God who have fallen into sin, I have seen, and again, we're all, we've all fallen short. I'm not throwing, hey, I got nothing to, I, you, I'm not living in a glass house throwing stones, but I'm saying, I've noticed that they, they, the ones that are adamantly against grace are given this radical hyper grace to their own family members when yeah, they blow it. That's right. But when it's a church member that's doing the same things, they're throwing the, they're throwing the, they're throwing the whole Bible at them. And the, the answer is, well, and notice that when it's they true. show them this amazing level of grace, the children, what happens? They get restored to ministry. They get restored to the Lord. That's a great so point. So that's what and they it's need. True. It's true. It's absolutely the truth. That's real, man. And I've I've seen like it. Real. I like to be real. Yeah. I've, I've just, I've just, I just want to be real. No, man, that's great. We're going to stop it right here. You know, we've been going almost an hour and and we're not even done with some stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, but would you be willing to come back? Oh, not yeah. today, Anytime. but <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not going to wear you out today, bro. But I, know, uh, I don't get worn out. I, I live and breathe this stuff. It's comes man, out. <laughs> I can tell, man, it comes out of you. I could talk to you all day. We got us. 
we've got so much in common, brother. Yes, we do. I mean, we yeah. Do. And uh, this is really, really excellent stuff. And again, you can connect with John at allthetimegod.com. We'll put that link in the show notes. And um, man, it was a pleasure having you today. We're going to have you yes. back for part it two, was- all right? Amen. Yes, yes, we'll do it. We'll plan for it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.